0: Hello, and welcome to our second installment in our Hops and All I Want for Christmas flop series, where we will once again be discussing a movie dealing with a hostile race of creatures plotting to rain death and destruction down on the citizens of Earth from the cold vacuum of space. Only this time, it's not based on a beloved 80s toy. No, this time, it's based on an obscure trading card series from the 60s. <coughs> <coughs> Welcome and thank you for joining us on the 182nd episode of Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Womam Entertainment. We are the internet's number one bad movie and good beer podcast. is rated by badass bus driving moms and Ray J. I, Chumpzilla, will be hosting tonight for the second installment in the Hops and All I Want for Christmas Flop series where we'll be reviewing movies based on things kids might want to find under the Christmas tree. In this episode, we're talking about one of Tim Burton's bigger misfires, 1996's Mars Attacks. It's a tongue-in-cheek love letter to Cold War-era sci-fi movies based on a Topps trading card series of the same name. And I'm just going to ask the question now. When this movie came out, were either one of you gentlemen aware of that uh, trading card series?
2: Not Uh, only was I not aware of it, I I didn't know about it until we were doing this series on all I want for Christmas. I was like, how does, how does this apply? I didn't even realize that it was until now. Yeah. Yeah. No,
0: I I mean, I remember when the movie came out, I think they re-released the cards and that's the only reason I knew it was even a thing.
2: I only knew because
3: you told me it was when you chose this movie and I'm like, wait, why? So Uh,
0: yeah, it's kind of obscure media property, but Hey, that's Tim Burton for you, I guess. So, joining me tonight on this episode is everybody's favorite washed up prize fighter, the Thunderous Wizard. You will help us defend this trailer like your brother. He's a goddamn American hero. <laughs> hey, man, don't be hating on Joe Don Baker. And we're also joined by the pod's resident pipe smoking pseudo intellectual,
2: Bling Blake. Cool. They made the international sign for donut. <laughs> ah, I thought that was a butthole, but whatever
3: man lucas haas proto uh proto paul dano really putting in work here
0: yeah. yeah boy. i mean yeah uh we'll get to that but uh i mean is he the star
3: i i'm very <laughs> confused about who this movie's antagonist or protagonist is obviously the antagonist is capitalism <laughs>
0: I thought it was the, well, I mean, okay, fair enough. I mean, I was going to go with the uh, the, the military-industrial the mil- complex. The military-industrial yeah, complex is, is certainly up thing. there, yes.
3: But the actually, vapid vapid the, nature of U.S. Uh, society.
0: But hold on. They're the good guys because they're right. We should have listened to them. So yeah. I don't even know what this movie is trying to say. But anyway, uh, as always, you can find the pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at hops and B-O-flops. You can download us anywhere you find the finest podcasts and don't forget to check out Wobam Entertainment at Wobam ENT on Twitter and Instagram for all your Tom Jones-centric pop culture needs. And as we discussed before the pod, Tom Jones is Welsh. You've been warned. Who knew? I mean, he certainly runs like a Welshman.
3: Oh yeah. Kicks like one too. Notice how he doesn't help Jim Brown fight the aliens. (laughs)
0: No,
2: no. Tom Jones is a coward. You heard it here first, folks.
0: Can't really can't really argue with that based on what we see in this film. Uh, So that does bring us to beer because I was a little shocked. I have fond memories of this movie as a teenager. I expected this to be a little more fun than it was. Um, It does not hold up very well, and it definitely requires beer. So for tonight, I have selected a local brew. Uh, This one is brewed just down the road from me, literally a mile from where I currently reside. And I've got a sixer of Kennesaw's Dry County Brewing's Double County Double IPA. Uh, That's right. It is the Double County Double IPA. It pours a hazy golden amber with a solid two fingers ahead and a fair amount of lacing. Um, It's got a strong hop and like pine aroma and the hops on this guy are Simcoe, Denali, uh, uh, Zeka and Nugget, and it's definitely hoppy. Um, and it's got a very bitter flavor on the front end, but it does finish a bit smoother with some citrusy and malty notes. Uh, so it's got decent balance, uh, but it's definitely Captain Cash approved at a 9.5 ABV, and it does a decent job of smoothing out that aggressive ABV. So if you like a bitter, hoppy double IPA, then I think you'll be very happy. With Dry County's Double County. So if you're passing through the Southeast, I would recommend giving it a try. And I wanna give Double County a very boozy, too bad movie rating. Sorry, guys, I know you probably couldn't get this, but I have to admit, for like a boozy double IPA, this is not bad. It's very tasty. It's got a decent flavor profile and it like doesn't kill you to drink it. So I'll definitely stand by that two movie rating.
3: Okay, well, that's okay, because I'm drinking anyway, because this movie uh melted my brain like a uh 1960s country western song on loop yep
0: yep um it's uh it's kind of a mess folks like you kind of feel like your brains are being splattered inside your spacesuit a little bit when
2: you watch this i'm speechless i never shut up boys and i can't this just Get to the tail of the tape, Chumzo. Let's get through this thing. Okay,
0: yeah. So, uh, like I said before, I mean, this was a Tim Burton movie through and through, and it was the rare misfire from the usually entertaining director. Uh, It wasn't well-reviewed at the time of its release, and it currently holds a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes, with an audience score even lower at 53%. Metacritic's not much more kind. Uh, It's got a 52%. And a 6.9 with the audience, which okay, so there's a little bit of that typical audience bump for like a you know quote unquote genre flick. But uh, I mean, this is for Burton here. He's coming off some pretty decent movies here to open the 90s. He's got Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, and Ed Wood. Now, Ed Wood wasn't a big hit per se, but it was critically well received. And then comes Mars Attacks. And this movie was just a miss, completely, at least in the U.S.
3: Yeah, it's tough because I I love uh, 90s Burton and even 80s Burton, obviously, because Pee-wee's and and the original Batman Mm -hmm. is pretty, like, he's bulletproof. Like, I love all of those movies, particularly Ed Wood and particularly Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And yes, I love uh, his Batman movies. But this felt so much more like more recent tim burton yeah like i mean it it, it just doesn't have the magic of tim burton like you can see speckles of burton in there which is what i feel with a lot of his newer stuff or some of his more soulless like i'm gonna sell out because this is for paycheck stuff but this isn't that because it's not like a large property and it's not some big studio temple but it does feel pretty hackneyed and uh it's, it's stunt-casted to hell, which yep. you'll get to. So uh, it, yeah. it's, uh, it's weird.
0: You know, what I will say at this juncture is when you talk about those other Tim Burton movies, like I said, the Pee-wee movies from the 80s, the original Batman, and then those 90 movies. Uh, it, and honestly, Edward Scissorhands is kind of, yeah, that's a little, I mean, that, even that movie is a little twee, you know, in hindsight. but You hush your I, mouth. But I will say this, they all have heart. Tim Burton's movies can be weird. A lot
3: of heart, yeah. They're
0: offbeat, but they always have heart. This movie, I don't even know what you would say this movie has, but it's not heart.
3: No, and I mean, you'll get to it in the plot, but like so much of the movie is just people staring at TVs, and maybe that's part of the message about American culture and being obsessed with media and consumed by it. That you can't live in the moment and understand what's happening or whatever, but that doesn't make for interesting um, storytelling.
0: No, no, and I think I think there's a lot of choices made in this movie, and just none of them work. Um, but this was a big budget production. The total budget after marketing was about a hundred million dollars. And I did read somewhere, this was basically like a $30 million movie with like $60,000 worth of effects added to it. So this really wasn't a big movie, quote unquote, but the massive amount of special effects, the CGI for all the Martians, like doubled the actual budget for like the actors in the
3: sets. (laughs) But you can tell that too, because a lot of the practical stuff like doesn't even really go with what's happening on the screen. People are just yeah. getting blown up out of
2: nowhere, yeah, frequently, and the 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 digital effects aren't good.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and like they're uh, intentionally
2: uh, bad. I think, like, I mean, correct. I think part, yeah. part of At the least, shtick. But like yeah, they that, that was part of the shtick. Which it's like Do nice. the claymation instead. At least give me the Tim Burton claymation. I would have enjoyed that more. They spent a lot
0: of money to make them look bad. Uh, it's it's a, again, they made a lot of weird decisions with this movie, and you know, uh, and uh, yeah, not a lot of them worked. But anyway, um, so about $100 million all in on the budget. The box office return was only about $101 million, and like 70 of that was coming from overseas. So this movie only did about $30 million domestically.
2: So pretty
0: big bomb
2: there. Do you think that international audiences liked it so much because it just basically played to what their opinion of dumb, capitalistic, insane Americans are?
0: I think they probably had an easier time laughing at it, <laughs> whereas I think a lot of Americans are like, wow, this feels like an attack.
2: Yeah, this feels an awful lot like the last uh, few years, in fact.
0: Yeah, uh, but it, it runs uh, just under two hours at 106 minutes. Uh, it's rated PG-13, which I have to admit, this movie kind of violent for PG-13. I mean, there's not a lot of gore, but there's definitely a lot of death. <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah, like green and, and red skeletons. You know, the thing that that took me the most about this movie was I couldn't figure out why some of the skeletons were green and some were red at the end of the day. Like they got different color laser beams, but I don't know why they did I, the same thing. They turned the people into skeletons.
0: There's something to be said about the cards and some of the card art. But I believe it's as dumb as this movie came out in December and they wanted to do a Christmas thing. I'm not kidding. I pretty sure I read a quote from Tim Burton saying as much.
3: Oh, I just figured it was because so many people are turned into skeletons. They had to, like, try and have a little variety. Also, hey, Lex Luthor, man. Aliens blew up Congress first. Mm -hmm. Leads the party, brother. Yeah. uh
0: Uh-huh. Which, honestly, I mean, we'll get to it because, well, I mean, so this is, uh, I mean, this was released in December of 96, uh, after Independence Day came out. Uh, that july uh so we've already seen aliens blow up the white house so you know was it the Capitol? it's the white house they blow up white the white house, house. yeah,
3: yeah. They so well, they do both
0: i I can't remember i haven't seen that movie in a long time but even i was reading like a oral history of mars attacks and tim burton indicated like well hey we had more stuff planned for like international capitals to get blown up but one we ran out of money and two independents they already did it so we just stuck with our Congress getting vaporized. Which actually might be the best laugh in the whole movie because, you know, the, the the grandmother laughing at it from the old folks home. That was funny. That was like some
3: good dark humor. Did you recognize her, by the way?
0: Uh, from Beetlejuice?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she's like a famous actress. Like she was a good... Oh, guy. yeah.
3: She she was in Hollywood. Uh, like yeah, in, like the in the very early 30s. Years, yeah. She's yeah. like super famous. Um mm-hmm.
0: she has a ton of film credits and she was an absolute babe back in the day but yeah so anyway you can find mars attack streaming for free on pluto tv of all places it's strangely absent from max uh because it is a wb production so
3: huh listen just just pony up the four dollars because there's so many goddamn commercials for 1923 And for Pluto TV itself, starring Drew Barrymore, who, yes, she's one of America's national treasures, but you'd think she was in the movie. She's on screen so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of stuff for diabetes medication, too. They really know their target audience.
3: Target audience. Old people. Drew Barrymore fans. Diabetics.
2: You just Mm -hmm. described us. That's terrible. (laughs) Okay, that's that's
3: fair. (laughs) Maybe I should watch it on Pluto TV again.
0: And I mentioned it with the December release, but I kind of view this again in the same lens as the thing. You know, the thing was released in the summer. Uh, that was not that was not a summer movie. That should have been a winter movie. This movie was released in the winter. Uh, this is not a winter movie. This is not a holiday movie. This should have been a summer movie.
3: the The, the intelligent thing to do would have been to put this a, directly a year after Independence Day yeah, as a clear satirical take on the big blockbuster of the summer before
0: yep yep i i think it did no favors coming out at the end of the same year Uh, because one it's not a winter movie it's not a holiday movie and two yeah too close to independence day so that that uh that probably still a significant amount of their thunder and then they couldn't capitalize on the spoof factor either because it was it was still too soon Mm -hmm. um but that does bring us the one-liners gentlemen i'll go first uh yeah Mars Attacks is what happens when Tim Burton can't decide what kind of movie he wants to make and has too much clout for anybody to rein him in.
3: I mean, okay. that's fair. Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Yeah. I mean, I would just say, if you thought Ray J's sex tape was the most offensive thing he starred in, well, <laughs> do I have a movie for you?
0: No, it's not a very good sex tape either. Uh,
2: not allegedly. Not allegedly. that I would know. I've never watched it. And mine's this is a tough one because so much right like but an unfunny thing happened on the way to the Martian apocalypse.
0: <laughs> Ouch! Yeah, no that uh, that tracks that tracks. So you know we, let's talk about the director and cast here. Uh, because I have to apologize to the panel for not mentioning this movie when I asked you know the question, uh, what other movies have a cast like True Romance? Uh, <laughs> the cast for Mars Attacks is almost as nuts as True Romance. It's, um, a,
3: it's a friggin' Hall of Fame.
0: It, it I, Yeah, I mean, it's not quite as random, I would say. Like, I think the Brad Pitt thing is still pretty random, just because the role he plays. Everybody here is pretty much, like, what you'd expect, but it's still just an absolute insane list of, like, notable actors, names people recognize. Uh, we, you know, and to start, and we'll go with the biggest here, Jack Nicholson is dual cast as uh, the president of the United States and Vegas Trump, and then the first family is rounded out by Glenn Close and a very young Natalie Portman. And I completely forgot she was in the movie. I'm like, oh crap! Look, first daughter Natalie Portman. No kidding. I mean, because she gets like,
2: she has uh, seven minutes of
3: screen time. Very little to do. Uh, Yep, but she's there. She's uh, she's there. Pat May. This is before she became a senator.
0: Yep. <laughs> the yeah. This is the, this is her
2: movie before becoming an, uh, an intergalactic to become a senator. Yeah, but she'd been an assassin already. She'd already been an assassin. Come on. That's true. Yeah, sort of.
1: Addendum: She had been an apprentice to an assassin. That's a fair point.
0: Oh yes. Oh, and I can see now that our resident yodeling cowboy has joined us. Hello, Captain Cash.
1: Yodeling. Oh.
3: It's good to see that you survived your impromptu human chihuahua surgery.
1: <laughs> you know what? It's the fastest I've ever lost—about a hundred pounds. Right. I feel like I look great.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we also have Pierce Brosnan as a, a clue, a scientist. Sarah Jessica Parker uh, 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 with Michael J. Fox, uh, Annette Benning. Pam Greer, welcome back to the pod, Uh, Martin Short, Jim Brown, Danny DeVito shows up for like six lines. Uh, For for
3: reasons, because he worked with Tim Burton before, so why the hell not?
0: Because he's the penguin. Yeah.
1: Everybody else showed up. Tim Burton has a real simple rule for Danny DeVito, a hat. Always got to be a hat, preferably a top hat, but he's in every movie and he's wearing a hat.
0: Uh, You got Lisa Marie, you got Rod Steiger, Tom Jones, the aforementioned Ray J, uh, Lucas, the kid from Witness Haas, Jack Black with a crew cut, Olan Jones, Jodan Baker, Christina Applegate for like a second, and Sylvia Sidney in her last film role. Uh, which we mentioned she's you might recognize her as like the secretary lady that smokes through her neck and Beetlejuice.
3: yeah she she tells them the rule of being dead uh by the way christina applegate participates in our second trailer sex scene of the podcast and jodan baker also returning favorite after he commented on jessica simpson's breast in the outtakes of the dukes of (laughs) hazard
0: yes i forgot about that and he's the original walking tall dude
3: yes yeah
0: Yeah, we we didn't do his one. We did did the Rocks remake. Uh, Now, so (laughs) I'm going to point out that based on that expansive cast list we just went through, I bet you can guess where this movie may have lost its way. (laughs) Because that's just a lot of people and there's not a lot of screen time for any one
3: of them. And here's the people I would say have some sort of character development. And that's the list. If you didn't hear anything, it's because I didn't say anything. Yeah. Because none of them have any character development.
0: No, we spend the most time, theoretically, with Jack Nicholson as the president. The president sort of has
3: a storyline. I, I like him, I but I prefer his Vegas drunk huckster uh, version. Which, which I think so is so fantastic. is done intentionally to say like, hey, politicians are just... Drunk hucksters in suits.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, that that is reasonable. We definitely established that that Glenn Close is a total B. She's not going to let the aliens eat off of the Beer in China. No, she is not.
0: I mean, you, not her you bas- house. Yeah, you've basically got three like uh, 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 threads in the movie. You have the presidential thread that involves the army. You've got the Vegas thread. That involves, you know, uh Vegas Huckster, Nicholson, and Jim Brown and, and that and that group. And then you've got I, I I guess you could throw the science science guy thing in there too, with with Pierce Brosnan and the, the Yeah, Sir you get Jessica the me- Parker. Yeah, but the then, media. And then you and then you, and I guess that's maybe like a fourth one or whatever. But then you also have the the trailer park folks, which wow. you got this very, which is very much like very similar to in Independence Day.
3: Well, you also get uh, the the White House press secretary who likes prostitutes, which leads to which yeah. leads to an invasion of the White House. I
1: mean, to be fair, that's just Martin Short. That that's kind of
3: only murders in the White Room. Is that... <laughs>
1: yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just. Uh,
0: and, and, but yeah, even trying to describe the movie's threads, there's just this movie is all B plots. There's no A plot to this film, except like Martians arrive is the A plot. Come
2: on, man. They use the same plot device as the G.I. Joe, the movie that we just did, you know? Uh, c- kind of. It's, it's very similar in the fact that it's like I, who's doing what and where is everybody?
0: I don't, yeah. State um, secrets
2: yeah. for Punani. Good trade. Uh, uh, listen. Uh, yeah. Right? That's a very
0: true, good yeah. point. Yeah. They did it in Independence Day. Uh, right? Uh, which, it's funny because they were aware that Independence Day was in production when they were working on this movie, and I, I think it's kind of funny that, that it's one of those just random hollywood coincidences it was like hey everybody's working on something kind
3: of yeah and then you know and then years later when roland emmerich became sort of a hack he did white house down five months after olympus is fallen so it all came full circle
0: yep um and then uh we can't you know ignore the fact that danny elfman returns to work with tim burton after they had some falling out over ed wood i I don't even know what the deal there is but he came back to the score for this film which is oddly unimpressive and forgettable for Danny Elfman. Usually usually a highlight of a movie,
3: not this one.
1: Yeah. Usually you get at least one that you kind of hum later. I'm not really uh-huh. sure I can do that for this movie. I mean, I I,
3: I, I do uh-huh. like the vaguely 60s sci-fi vibe of some of it, but sure. the yeah, movie it's very generic, is just so forgettable that you like forget all about it. It's sort of like his score for Justice League, like there's some stuff in there that's okay. Yeah. But the movie's pretty forgettable. So you just like it just washes over you. And that's how this music was in this one. It was like, oh, I know that's Elfman. But uh, yeah.
0: They they kind of, you know, leaned into that generic theremin sci fi 60s music vibe. But apparently it wasn't even a theremin. Apparently, because I guess, you know, Elfman's sort of like a musical genius and like a a, a custom uh, instrument manufacturer. tinkerer of sorts Uh, apparently he like modified a keyboard to make it sound like a theremin and that's what they used because they couldn't get a theremin player
3: or something i don't know interesting he he is a goddamn musical genius yeah i mean
0: but yeah whatever this one was just not not his best work um and just to beat the uh (laughs) plot summary to death here um the plot of this movie is actually pretty straightforward considering the massive cast and the mess of like b plots
1: Wait, wait. wait. it uh, is is the plot summary. Mars attacks.
0: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, That's Martians. It. Yeah, no, Martians invade the planet, and humanity is all but doomed by their own stupidity before being saved by dumb luck in the form of a Slim Whitman song. That's yeah. the movie. I mean, everything else that happened is just superfluous
3: bullshit. Before before water was the dumb plot device that saved humans, it was weird country music yeah (laughs) or
0: (laughs) this is like the happening with aliens but uh yeah and you know some of the plot lines in this movie are kind of like downers most of the characters aren't particularly likable or smart for that matter you're not really rooting for anybody in this movie and even when the dumb or unlikable characters die which most of them do it's not really satisfying it's kind of a weird film it's not fun to watch him die a lot of the time yeah like for example jack black his character's a complete doofus in the movie not likable at all total jackass
3: but his parents are a lot more annoying and you don't even get their green or red skeletons here's a good example right the casino the the pit boss that works at Jim Brown's casino. Oh,
0: they won't give him a raise, which is yes.
3: so depressing. Why did that whole scene have to be
0: in the movie?
3: Total piece of shit. And then they also reference two other boxers who are probably down on their luck. And it's like, you know what? Not, I don't need this. Uh, and then you don't get to see him die. No, it's like the and one guy I would have really liked to see die. Well, my point is, you know, Jack Black, not likable character so
0: much. Not really your normal Jack Black character in this film. And when he gets murdered, it, I don't. I feel I feel bad. <laughs> I don't. I didn't like that. Like he's an idiot. He didn't really deserve that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I don't know. It,
0: it's supposed to be funny. I think it was supposed to be played for a laugh. But it's like, oh no, that's kind of horror. Horrorf- that's
1: horrific. Yeah. That's horrifying. Oh my god. All of the deaths are upsetting. There's not like a <laughs> non upsetting death.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not. I, I, it wasn't like funny. Like ah, he got what he had coming. I'm the like, laugh
3: oh. is the laugh is like the absurdity of gun culture and this guy who's been sitting in his trailer timing himself slowly put together a gun right and and it's not very fast and, and this is like his whole life and it's all leading to this moment he's going to be a big hero and a, and he you know his pants are halfway down and the clip falls out of the gun
0: yeah sad and tragic yeah not yeah. not good i mean I, I uh yeah you know uh young men cut down in their prime fighting a war that really isn't their own yeah it's
1: ray guns uh, man
0: yeah i'll tell you what it's a weird movie man it's a weird movie uh i remember it being somewhat more enjoyable as a kid though that's what really weird to be out i'm watching it now and i'm like
2: man why did, why did i think this was funny i really thought i liked this movie yeah. I, I i was excited to get it i i skipped right over pluto it was uh on sale so i purchased it instead of renting it and now i have it and I'll never watch it again. And it's it, it's <laughs> digital, so presumably it'll follow me forever now, right? Like, yeah. is that, I
3: it, can't. Yeah. I can't wait till you're suffering from night terrors, just
2: going. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: well, if that happens, you're just gonna have to cuddle in closer and say, shh, shh, "It's all right, honey. Go back to sleep." Remember, <laughs> it's it's just a show.
0: Uh, all right, so let's give this movie some ratings, uh, Captain Cash. How many beers are you gonna give Mars Attacks?
1: Uh, you know, I don't I didn't wind up disliking it as much as I did when I was a kid because when I saw this as a kid, I I don't know, I was expecting something different and it freaked me out. And I think going into this knowing it was gonna be like a pitch black comedy, I'm like, oh okay, it's kind of fun now. But uh what it's like what a hundred and ten minutes? Uh, 106. 106? Yeah. Uh, I'd I call it three or four. Do you like sci-fi and black comedy? Three. Kind of on the fence about that plan? Four to five.
0: Yeah, that's probably fair. What do you say, Bling?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's really fair, uh, Cash. And and I'm with you. And I do like sci-fi and black comedies. So I'm at three, uh, three pain beers and a, a bump of ketamine. I've... <laughs> I've never done ketamine, but I have to imagine that that watching this movie is the exact same experience as being what they call a, a K-hole, I'm told. Do you do you really want to double K-hole yourself though? Yeah, I mean
1: no,
0: it certainly couldn't hurt. I think anything would help your enjoyment of this film.
2: This feels like an appropriate venue to give it a shot. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't no, know.
0: if there's a movie that's gonna make you experiment with drugs, this is definitely high on that list. All right, that brings us to U T
3: Dubs. How many beverages do you need
0: to get through this guy?
3: This is at least four beers. I could give it five. Either way, you're getting three and a half to four and a half pain beers. And you get one enjoyment beer because I friggin' love Jim Brown. And I don't care that he has nothing really to do here. He boxes a group of aliens and beats the shit out of them and then smashes an alien's head. So yeah.
0: No, I will admit that that was one of the more satisfying scenes of the
2: movie. Yeah, the parting stomp shot was good. Yeah, and and obviously Nicholson is having a ball. So, oh yeah, oh, yes. yes, yes. that's yes. the
1: most yes. fun I think I've ever seen Nicholson have ever.
2: Like yes. that's worth showing yeah. up to this movie for. That's, like, uh, bring beer, but but it, that that alone is worth showing. That's up that's
3: another. So okay, three to four pain, one enjoyment because rod steiger as the uh war hawk Michael! is incredible kill kill kill, kill. <laughs> and uh nicholson is really incredible as the vegas uh you know <laughs> man of ill of, of yeah. little stature he's like a he's, casino
0: hotel owner or something. and when he or calls developer.
3: he calls the president of france also brilliant <laughs> and then jim brown yeah. So, yeah, you can't really undersell how how fun Nicholas, Nicholson is. And he clearly was just, like, rolling in the money they paid him to do this.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed his little fireside chats as the president, too. Like, he's, well, like, laying it on so thick. It's like, okay, that's uh, funny. Like, okay. his delivery is funny. And here's, he was where I good. Thought,
3: here's where I thought the movie aged perfectly. After they blow up Congress and he has no idea what to do. That reminded me so much of the dipshit orange maniac attempting to give a con- like a talk about the COVID pandemic and having nothing to say and just creating more panic.
0: Hey, we still have. Two out of
2: three, you know, yeah.
3: uh, that ain't bad. Uh, that ain't bad. Government. That ain't bad. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> the Brandy, most enduring Brandy line, government. and I,
2: yeah. I that's probably the one thing I, I still quote to this day is that if, it, if I ever have a two out of three situation, like hey, we still got two out of three branches of government, and that ain't that bad. Ain't bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's, that's that's perfect. You gotta spin it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go a solid three pain beers for this movie. Um, it's if it was a little bit longer, it would definitely be four. Um yeah, it just I, I just had a hard time enjoying it. I was like, wow, I thought I liked this movie. I guess uh younger me was uh not that uh, uh bright.
3: Listeners, well, he, if you not watch that this critical, song...
0: maybe. I mean, I should have been yeah. more critical of the movie because I remember being like dumb fun, and it's it's just not it's it's got its moments, but it's not consistently funny. Like, I know how you called it a dark comedy, Captain Cash, and there are some darker elements to the, the humor in it. But a lot of it's just like, I mean, the whole prostitution angle. Uh Jim Brown trying to like you know get a raised to take care of his kids. Um, there's just a lot of stuff, and it's just like not real. It's just kind of like well, it's just kind of grimy and uh not very enjoyable, but okay. It's in this movie. It doesn't fit the tone of everything else being goofy.
2: Yeah, it's a little too real for the surrealness of what it's. purporting purporting to be yeah that makes sense
0: it just you know it's i won't call it full-on tonal whiplash but it's a little out of
1: place with the tone of the rest of the movie i thought that was part of the plan though it was to make it (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny when they do this but actually it's pretty terrifying right
0: well no and, and i think that's a very good point too because they wanted to have like i think we end up with like 30 characters in this movie give or take but they really wanted to have like 60 And I, again, I go back to what, what was Tim Burton really trying to do? He wanted to make a disaster movie. He wanted to make a send up to old, you know, Cold War era sci-fi movies. And he wanted to base it on this Mars Attacks uh, trading card property. So he tried to do all those things in the same movie and he wanted to do it with 60 characters. I mean, that's where someone's goes like, okay, Tim, I think that's at least, that's at least three or four ideas and maybe two of them are good.
3: And that's called a TV show <laughs> because you can't do a hour and forty five minute movie with that many characters.
1: See, no. here's the thing: I've heard people describe this Mars Attacks as the Mad Magazine version of Independence Day, and that's not a bad descriptor, but it's not right. This is the Mad Magazine version of Doctor Strange Love. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it definitely so,
0: borrows from that. Uh, it's that,
1: yeah. It's that weird. Like again, this movie is such a, it's such a strange thing. Which that's kind of why it's worth coming back to for to me because this is just such a weird movie. It everywhere. is everywhere.
0: No, and it's clear in this film that Tim Burton was taking inspiration from like previous sci-fi movies uh from ed wood you know plan nine from outer space and from dr strange love absolutely war I of mean, the worlds war of the worlds yep yeah in fact they wanted to use some of the sound effects from war of the worlds but they could they couldn't get the rights um because you know they because that's how that's how you know overt they wanted the homages to be i mean that, that, that's not a secret that was part of the the gimmick uh they were going for but anyway Uh, We've covered the plot and our beer ratings. So let's take a break here and hear from the skeletal remains of the guys over at the Hot Nation USA podcast.
3: Hey, everyone, this is Steve.
1: And this is Adam.
3: And we're part of the Hot Nation USA
2: podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers
3: and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy
1: hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation.
0: Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wobam Entertainment. We're still talking about 1996's Mars Attacks. And uh, I mean, we've kind of already done this as we usually do, but... Let's cover our general impressions of the film. And then I've got a few questions for the panel. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I want to hear a little bit more on your your thought there, Captain Cash. I mean, in general, I do think this movie does a, a pretty accurate job of putting imagery from the trading cards it's based on. On the screen, we get several scenes that are directly lifted from the card art and at the same time, whether it's the spaceships, uh, you know, the, the cheesy flying saucer effect, uh, the Warhawk general, the war room, the politics, you know, that lends itself to some of those Cold War era movies at the Doctor Strange level. Movie, there are parts of this movie that, like, you can clearly see they're trying to do a thing. But what, what I can't put my finger on, aside from just the scatterbrained, like, massive B-plots, why why doesn't it weave together what's what's missing here why doesn't that all pull together because i feel like you could pull that off somehow but i this movie didn't do it,
1: it that it never felt a need to and i think that's where it suffers But yeah. like there the part of the gag here is look at these idiots and watch them die and i, I understand because you know 80 percent of the cast gets murdered Mm -hmm. i get why you wanted to have like a wide look look at all these a-holes oh they're all dead yeah but
0: and And most of them are wrong i mean they're stupid like they make bad decisions
1: yes exactly and so for you know it, it has to serve enough i guess red meat for the here we're gonna murder a bunch of people in funny ways group but it never gives you that many truly sympathetic protagonists You got the grandson and the grandma, and basically the president's daughter. And I mean, obviously Jim, uh Jim, Pam Greer, and uh I mean Tom Jones, I guess, is is cool.
0: Yeah, well, and and I think
1: and
0: that's what really kind of confuses me going back and watching it again with like a contemporary view. Like obviously the good guy in the movie is uh Lucas Haas's character. Yeah. You know what? He's not really the hero, but he's the most likable. Like but, he, you sort but of he, relate to him more than the other characters because he's sort of the the avatar for the audience. But he doesn't he, do a whole lot.
2: No, and he's only the most likable because his family treats him like shit at the beginning. Like well, he doesn't right. do anything. to be, He's still stupid. He's, he's a, sympathetic. He's stupid. He,
0: he might. He's a simpleton, but he is sympathetic. Uh, uh, likable might be the wrong word. You're right
2: like it is probably more accurate to say he is sympathetic i mean that's fair the porcelain bitch works in the donut shop shop and thinks it's awesome
1: i mean if if aliens showed up and made the symbol of whatever it is you do for work you'd be like my time has come
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah which that's probably one of my biggest complaints watching this again is you actually don't and I, i know it's probably a point uh, you know specifically made in the movie but i think it would have made a little more sense to get a little more view into the martian culture
1: see i don't i don't know that i agree i, I, I think mean, part of the absurdist humor is that you have no idea what the martians are actually saying
0: right and then and they're weird and they just do weird stuff to yeah. whatever and they're just generally evil um i, I get that yeah, but i think i think it i think it would, I think it would add i get i get it i get it but i think that's a that's a miss i think again if if they would have done something more with the martians because honestly the one thing they give us is the chihuahua head deal with pierce brosnan's character and sarah jessica parker and that to me is like one, it's the like the weakest visual effect in the movie and that's not done on purpose that was just a bad special effect and two it's not funny well,
1: I, I agree. No, no, I, it's I, a little absurd. I don't think
0: I don't agree, but it's not it's not like a big laugh. I don't
3: that's think there's fair. anything visually um discerning from Martian to Martian, and that's a problem. And I get they're all drones and they're sort of working for the Martian Emperor, but you go to the ship and they're just recycling special effects for the most part. And to me, that's obviously that's a, a sign of the year and where special effects were, but it's also like okay, maybe don't go there that much and and save the money because if you just have martians standing around doing the similar things in their underpants like why are we showing it the same reason is like why are we showing people staring at a tv yeah because yeah. you can and, and some of that have martian, to.
0: yeah some of that martian stuff is straight from the cards because I, I did go through and look at the card art there's not that many of them there's only like 52 cards or something like that
3: and i mean i when you if we talk about why this flopped right like The 90s is such a weird place in time to try and do something like this. The 90s is this like decade that is not super nostalgia heavy, like maybe now is or even like where the 80s where a lot of weird shit was coming out. This like there's just no I, I can't imagine the interest for this in the 90s. Yeah. for a for an obscure 60s card set whereas now you'd have fucking idiots buying these on ebay like it was cool again oh my god they never had them
0: oh no they go these things go for a thousand a set of these cards the original like 1962 mars attacks cards you're talking like eight nine grand for a set of like the 50 55 okay so cards tell
3: me tell me what was your highest bid before you bowed out
0: uh no <laughs> i mean i don't have nostalgia for the for those cards uh, I just thought the movie was fun as a kid. I, but what really sticks out to me is that when you talk about the 90s and the lack of like nostalgia there as compared to the 80s, I do think there is something to be said to, to judge the motivations of a lot of the studios and people and even somebody like a Tim Burton in this situation, because this was kind of this wasn't a passion project. These guys weren't like super mega fans of Mars Attacks effectively one of the writers on the film that was working with tim burton on something else came across a set of these cards like at a pawn shop and they had these cards the mars attacks next to dinosaurs attack and the thought was like hey we should do something with this we can't do dinosaurs because jurassic park's got a sequel coming out so I guess we'll do the aliens.
3: Okay. See, and, and, now, that, and that's
0: like that's that's like the motivation. There was no like passion, there's no real fandom here. She's like, Yeah, let's just crank something out but, based on some property we found.
3: But that goes to my point about how this feels like a more recent Tim Burton movie. Yeah, I, uh, it's agreed. a soulless venture that he clearly seems like sort of half invested in, just like when he's like, Oh, I did Dumbo, and that was fucking miserable. Or I did. He uh, did have
1: Danny DeVito in a top hat, though.
3: Alice in Wonderland, and that Check. was miserable, right? Like, even though he brings back people he enjoys working with, like he really doesn't enjoy being in the big budget studio system, and you can feel that here because this movie has it. It has none of the hallmarks of a great Tim Burton movie.
0: It's got no heart. It's got no heart. It, it really doesn't. And again, you don't really pull for any of the characters, and I get it. To Captain Cash's point, from the Dr. Love angle, maybe that was the point. Just didn't make for a great movie. So, I mean, I think we all probably agree here, did it deserve to flop? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say yes, because the movie just didn't have a point. It's very difficult to make money with a movie that doesn't have a point.
3: When you spend money just to spend it, I don't have a lot of sympathy for what comes next
2: yeah we didn't get any of that money on the screen uh for whatever reason i guess other than the actors i mean they they were the money but yeah it it, i it's terrible it's it's of course a deserted flop there is no story
0: which i get it that's part of the gag but uh yeah not not great (laughs) you know it's not absurd enough for that to fly you know, there's a like like Monty Python, you know, and the Holy Grail. You could argue that, that movie doesn't really have a whole lot of a, a a strong plot to it either.
2: They spent $14 on that movie.
0: But it's it's so funny, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but I mean it was just, like
1: 1970s dollars. So it really that's it was <laughs> like just for
0: inflation. And I, 100 million. I think, and I think Pink Floyd threw in some acid, but no, but seriously, that movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's funny as hell. So it doesn't matter. This movie does not have that crutch; You cannot fall back on humor to make up for the lack of a cohesive narrative or a story that you care about. But anyway, uh, so, I mean, how do you fix this movie? Well, I think we've all hinted at it to some degree You going to trim this down. I think you said it earlier, T-dubs cut Michael J. Fox's character out of it. Yeah, I think you could cut down a lot of this movie and and trim it up and make it a little more traditional. And maybe it resonates with audiences better contemporarily and holds up better. Listen, wow, Trumpzilla.
2: Yeah. That is a that's a hill to die on. Get Michael J. Fox out of your movie. Oh, yeah. yeah, Send that to the studio. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, but here's the thing though: if you do that, you turn this into literally scary movie version of Independence Day. And I, I, you know, I I don't know if Tim Burton would have ever been okay with that. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can't
3: save it as a Tim Burton movie. I
0: think I would have
2: watched Tim Tim Burton's Independence Day. That'd be
3: awesome. I think you can save this. It just, it has to be a lot funnier and it has to have a central focus. And maybe you just make that central focus on Nicholson because he's the most uh, watchable. Like your eyes are drawn to his characters and have it go. But Shifting the focus as many times as it does robs any characters of value. Mm. So if you make it tighter, say War of the Worlds, right? Like why is War of the Worlds compelling the original or the Tom Cruise one? is that you're concerned about that family. That's a more serious movie than this. But you have to have, honestly, the heart of this movie is James Brown or Jim Brown trying to get back to his family. But Jim Brown is barely in the movie and Pam Grier's barely in the movie and the kids are also barely in the movie so and it's so independence day though with the two with the kids 100 yeah
0: which i just like ugh, i don't know if i want to hang my hat on that
3: but you have to have, have a to have central something. focus you do yeah. and i mean the fact that you have people like martin short in this in this and they have nothing funny to do and martin short is one of the most naturally funny people to ever walk the earth and danny devito who's a great person to have in any film has nothing to do that's that's the director's fault it's also because you know he is guiding the ship
0: yep i mean don't don't uh, get confused here Tim Burton's the reason Danny DeVito is in the movie. It's
2: not like they wrote a part in there for Danny well, DeVito. Well,
3: he's the he's the reason all these famous people are in the movie. A, a lot of them, yeah.
2: So nobody else takes this job without Tim Burton's name being attached to it. Now, you put a no-name director in front of this and and no none of these people show.
0: Now, Mr. Bling, it's funny you say that because there was some uh initial issues getting this off the ground. And it wasn't until they got Jack Nicholson to sign up for it. That got it greenlit. I I can't remember if it was the screenwriter or somebody was saying, and I think it was like a Variety article, that basically at that time in Hollywood, there's only like a handful of actors that could just get a project greenlit by signing on. It was like Harrison Ford, Tom Cruise, and Jack Nicholson. Like,
3: if that guy said he'd do it, the movie got its money. Well, I mean, shit, Jack Nicholson is the reason Batman
2: got made. Yep. I'll go to all those movies just because of those actors, for
3: sure. And, and he did yeah. Batman for basically free and said, I'll take the receipts. Yep, which worked out quite well.
2: <laughs> which I saw Six re- Days and Seven Nights in the theaters. God damn it. Oh, you no. Sh-
3: you shouldn't admit that. Live <laughs> <on it.
0: laughs> is, is, that the, is that the one with Anne Heche? <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. R.I.B. Oh, oh no, Sorry, Anne. Uh, anyway... Yeah, but no, I mean this movie. Yeah, it wasn't a slam dunk until they got Nicholson signed on. And fun fact, because this does not come up later, uh, the studio absolutely said that you cannot kill
1: him. Uh, so,
0: the, so then they dual cast him that. and killed him twice.
1: <laughs> Can't do what now? Oh, don't you tell, <laughs> so, don't you I mean, tell Jimmy what to do? Tim is going to get a little aggressive. Yeah,
0: I, 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 I do like that criticism back. That that's
2: ballsy, and I like it. I do like that. That's a nice flex.
3: Well, but you know, yeah. Nicholson was probably like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to die. Yeah.
2: Twice. Do yeah. it twice. Do it. Come on. I'm going to do it. They're, they're going to
3: plant their ridiculous Martian flag in my heart. And then I'm going to catering.
2: Get out of my trailer.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So I got to get this out of the way now because I've been joking about it like all week as we've texted about this movie. Was anybody absolutely surprised that Annette Benning was like low key hot in this? like Hell way, no. way, way too hot like maybe uncomfortable I'm like i don't remember annette benning being this hot oh my gosh like how did i miss that as a teenage boy <laughs> and honestly i don't think i knew who annette benning was and that i might have just been like oh that the hippie chick was kind of she was kind of a smoke show
3: always bringing it annette benning bagged warren Beatty, who was famously playboy of hollywood
0: i I can see why because i tell you what
3: net benning's never had an off day fact
2: yeah no she's (laughs) she's bringing it in this movie i'm bringing out the new hashtag benning still bangs she does um uh, but her character why (laughs)
3: like like i want to have a new age chicken i I like how they make her being a former alcoholic a plot point only to, like, not give a shit when she returns to
2: being an alcoholic. She just starts drinking. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, like well, smoke if you got him. Like, I mean.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: It, it, and it feels like kind of part of <laughs> the other thesis of this film as far as I can figure, which is all humans are liars and beneath your contempt. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure how to feel about a lot of stuff in this movie. Oh, I, it's so important for me not to. You do know, not to be a drinker anymore. Ah, fuck it. It's all just lies anyway. Get the
2: world's <laughs> ending. Moon, moon crystals can only get you so far. Once the Martians invade and start turning people into red and green Christmas skeletons, you can bust out the Jim yeah, Beam again. I it's think fine. Then you need Mars crystals. Yeah.
0: Never ask a Navy man how much he's had to drink. This is none of your goddamn business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a man, same as you. Anyway, right in the lumberyard all right um so best casting in the movie other than jack nicholson you know what i actually don't like my answer i initially have down here jack black because i thought he did a really good job in that role and you can see like the glimpse of like hey that guy could be pretty funny it looks like but now in hindsight the more i've thought about it he might be like the biggest waste in the movie because they completely miscast
3: it he's he's up there yeah
0: he should have been say. the love, he should have been the lovable, he should have had Luke Haas's, Lucas Haas's character. Yeah, he, he should, should have be, saved Greenwell. He,
2: he, he, he was, he was less than nobody at that point. Like he was yeah, not but, a name to put it. In- I mean, guys guess it was Lucas Haas, I suppose. So well,
0: no, he's the kid from Witness. But no, I mean, I'm just saying, like, he probably could have had more fun in that role if he made him the lovable goof and not and not like the you know I, I
3: guarantee you the movie is funnier if he is the straight man reacting to what is happening. Hundred percent. I don't not, disagree with uh, you.
0: Not the hammy, uh, you know, uh, yeah. proud boy. Not
2: GI. Not GI. Schmo, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like hindsight, good bad casting decisions or overused, underused is really tough. Like it wasn't like Jack yeah. Black was, was a known entity at that point in time. You can't really hang your movie on him. But again, I don't know that that really applies to this movie because there's so many people. They barely hung the movie on anybody. I guess they hung it on Nicholson, mm-hmm. and he he did. Hold up his end of the bargain for sure.
0: Sure, and, and my thought was like finding Jack Black and using that guy. I, I give him credit, but for worst casting, I know I'm so sorry, T Dubs. But I just don't, did don't not do feel Jim Brown in
3: this, dude. I will tell Jim Brown what you said, and then because he's uh he's a little up there now, I will kick your ass for him.
0: I would okay. I would be very clear here. I would not fight Jim Brown,
2: not in a million years. you're you're implying that it would be a fight yeah like (laughs) like 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 like, like it's up to you if it's a fight or not like no No. you you can show up swinging your hardest It still ain't gonna be a fight like
3: like drew barrymore jim brown is a national treasure (laughs) and i don't give a shit how bad he was in this and he wasn't great he's jim brown
1: okay but i also don't think he was anywhere near the worst part of the movie He, he he was like one of two characters you're like oh okay this guy's not
0: an asshole or an idiot yeah i, I think okay. they should have given him a better part i think that's probably my biggest gripe too Was like he didn't seem super into the role but at the same time they didn't give him a whole lot of meat to work with
2: but uh, for a little incident that happened in brentwood uh that part would have gone to oj simpson oh <laughs> oh no oh boy oh,
3: nordberg. nordberg
2: don't tell me i'm wrong <laughs>
3: Well,
0: I'm just saying between between that and Ray J, we'd have a lot of Kardashian. So, you think uh, this
2: movie was
3: dark before? Imagine the guy <laughs> just trying to get back home to kill his wife. Just so can get him and cut
0: my
1: wife's head off. Hey, how come
0: how, how come Pam Greer is not one of the skeletons, but she's still dead?
3: Don't ask questions. All right, <laughs> oh.
1: Mars kill lots of different ways. It's not just red and green lasers, guys.
3: Yeah. Okay, this these morbid <laughs> jokes are probably never acceptable.
2: <laughs> I apologize, team. Oh, it's yeah. my fault. Uh, sorry, sorry. first
3: Barthol of all <laughs> james the bus driving murderer you're 100 percent wrong Chimpsilla. the uh best casting was pierce brosnan as the uh hopelessly naive uh scientist
0: he, he's agree. basically the scientist from the lawnmower man
3: yes he is he is <laughs> great in this movie he nails it uh i also love like the sort of uh, meta commentary about the vapid nature of of america of him choosing to a shoe going on an actual news network to attend a fashion show like a fashion television show to talk about the alien invasion again yeah. though this movie's I, just not good enough at what it's doing to make that like
0: yeah so the other extension of that bit is when he is debriefing the president and the military guys on what they think they know about the aliens after seeing them on tv and he's got the charts and and it's just like he's completely lying it's complete bullshit yeah and like you know that it's bullshit but it's still not like enough of a punchline. it's like okay i get it did they need to like what they need to put it over the top like they got to give well, it a little extra push.
3: The whole thing is like, you know, based upon their technology, they're an advanced civilization. And as you know, if you're an advanced civilization, you can't be hostile. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, of course. No. Yeah. Well, and know. of course
0: they're wrong. And then, yeah. they're like, like what well, do you think they can read our minds? He's like, hmm, perhaps. It's like, you have no idea. Like, there's, yeah. But, but there needs to be like a bigger joke there other than just like, he's lying it's a little too subtle
3: yeah now worst casting was martin short because i love martin short immensely and you have to be the antithesis of a competent writer to make him any less likable and funny i I, don't get it
0: here's the thing what i don't like about his arc or whatever his little thread in the movie is that he picks up hookers twice as as though it was necessary to establish a pattern to make the
3: joke work
0: he could have just picked that martian lady up at a bar
3: and the gag still works that would work a lot better than her just standing outside of 1600 pen and the fact he's just what and the fact that,
0: that they have to make a joke twice about him cruising trying to pick up working girls in a limo it's like that's not it's not really for a pg-13 movie that's sort of angled at kids like that's a little bit much man like i I, again it's just like unnecessarily dark in a movie that's dark enough without that that's like 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 i think you you and i were talking about it earlier bling that's
3: too real that's too gritty that's too Zack
0: snyder man
3: (laughs) hey kids who wants to see dusty bottoms pick up a prostitute Oh, see no. that but see oh, that's no, the problem.
2: Don't bring three amigos into this. Oh man. That's little little Nettie goes to war. That's why I uh I, I actually like Martin Short uh being cast in this role. And maybe I just spent too many years inside the beltway, uh, and I know too many people that that work in politics, but like the overt sleaziness, the the picking up hookers in a limo right outside the white house. Like that is the brashness and like the like shit don't stick on me. Teflon Don kind of uh, mentality that so many of these DC elite have. And so I think that really was supposed to be a, I think it was a great casting because he does play the slime ball really well to your point. T dubs criminally underused, like from a comedic standpoint, like they, they should have made him funnier. But I like him being sleazy, and I, and I like where they were going with it. I think he does play that sleazeball character very, very well.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. They probably should have got more screen time with him and Nicholson together.
1: Listen, I'm sorry. It was Chekhov's hooker. It was important it was there. You have a hooker on the mantelpiece in the first act, should be fired by the second. That's all that happened. I, I don't have a problem.
3: Yeah.
2: You mean, make an excellent enough. point.
3: It's uh, excuse me, it's Chekhov's love gun.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't know oh. you were a kiss fan.
3: Yes,
0: yeah, like a little, little kiss action here. Um, that's his you know, dick, Ronnie. He's talking about his dick, <laughs> dick. he's talking <laughs> about his dick. <laughs> so, we've already mentioned that the special effects in the movie were meant to be bad because they were supposed to be retro y, but I will admit, now that we're talking about uh, Martin Short and 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 the Martian girl when he rips off a little bit of her face and you get to see the Martian like jawline and whatnot, like underneath her exposed cheek skin, it doesn't move when her mouth moves might be the worst special effect in the film. Well, even worse than the dog. Cause you can see her teeth are clenched cause it's a skeletal thing, but then she talks or chews gum and opens her mouth and that, that little exposed jaw stuff never moves
3: that that effect it makes no sense entirely because she's like six feet tall to start yep and then when she rips rips off the suit or it rips off the suit he's back to being a tiny martian i uh but i don't agree that martian dress it's,
1: technology man yeah, yeah, it's right. definitely
3: the because the way the, that martian moves is kind of cool and it freaky you know in a lot I of mean, ways
1: honestly the the spy martian lady is one of the more enduring parts of this yeah, I would yeah. say
3: it's the the dog head still remains the worst. It's it's just not. It's it, very weak. Yeah, it's weak,
0: and and it's not that good of a joke.
3: No, I mean that you have like again because you're not invested in the characters. So,
2: and she gets a, a little like problem when she's flattered because Pierce Brosnan is like saying that he li- like the head of Pierce Brosnan is saying that he likes her, and the Chihuahua does a little Chihuahua dance. Like, okay, I'll giggle. Okay. But that's the best you're going to get out of me. Like, that was it. Like, I was like right. ah. they, did, they did a little doggy dance. The doggy dance was funny. But other than that, man, like.
0: Let the record show. They got a chortle out of
2: Bling Blake. Yeah, I was like seven and a half beers in and kind of half asleep at that point in time. So it is what it is. The doggy dance. I like it.
0: But yeah, but no, in general, though, I do feel like a lot of the effects look flat. And I think they could have. I don't know if just the time or what, but they could have gone for like the cheesy effects, yet somehow made it less crappy. Uh,
3: like, no, there, there's some stuff that's a lot where I think for the mid 90s they hold up okay. Some of the stuff crashing into buildings is really bad.
2: Really, some, really some, bad. And, and yeah. you mentioned
3: it, some of the explosions, some of the
0: practical they explosions just don't, look super cheap.
3: They're just there, they're just happening and they don't make sense yeah like they're doing noises off screen and then an explosion happens so it's kind of but overall like the martians for the mid-90s like the 90s are notoriously like are notorious for cgi that just does not hold up yeah i thought this was like fine it's whatever doesn't ruin the movie certainly no it's not
0: it's not the worst part what about the giant robot
3: met guy that was pretty good. I thought that was one of the better ones, in fact. Yeah.
0: I'm surprised they didn't do more with that because that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't know.
1: And that's... Again, My guess is from, that cost extra money.
0: That was probably expensive, but that's straight from the cards too. That was like like verbatim from one of the cards. So again, I think it, 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 I think it's a really weird place for them to put a lot of the money because the number of people that got that reference was probably extremely small. Like, that's a lot of money to spend. To like, hey, remember that one random card from that series? We got that giant robot in there.
2: Yeah, I certainly had no idea where it came from. Um, and that probably cost a buttload of money. You know, and I think, to to your point, T-Dubs, like, like why does the CGI hold up as well as it does? Because it's certainly not good, right? Like, it's not like blowing us away with its, its realism or whatever. And I think it's because... Burton chose to go with that, you know, that '50s sci-fi movie aesthetic, yeah. and so, you know, those terrible explosions into the buildings, like, yeah, they were terrible, but like when it happened, I was like, yeah, that that meshes, you know, that that yeah. is not tonal turbulence, um, you know, that that does all go together, and so, yeah. same thing with like the 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 not so great aliens, because I think they were originally per Tim Burton's, you know, affinities, I think they were going to do. Claymation on this, yeah, but it was just way too much money and took too long, and yada yada yeah. yada. Takes but, forever. and, yeah. but, and so-, so the aliens aren't that good, but because none of the other practical effects or the other special effects are particular, like they're intentionally not good, it doesn't stand out so poorly. If that makes any sense,
0: you know, I will say this: I do appreciate the fact that they made the faces on the Martians very expressive. And that goes a long way to help you ignore everything else because those things did seem to be characters. It wasn't like top-notch, you know, photorealistic CGI, but they were definitely characters in the movie and they were expressive and they emoted. And mm-hmm. that and that definitely keeps you from noticing some of the other flaws. And that does hold up well. For a 90s movie, like those, those, the Martians seem like characters in the movie. They didn't just
2: seem like props. And for characters that only go, ah, ah, ah. The entire time you were also like, oh, I, I know what he said. He was yeah. like, these <laughs> these idiots, like we're going to, we just killed them all in the desert. And then they just invited us into their, their, their government building. We're going to kill them all. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, boy. Well, all right, listener. We need to freshen up our brews ahead of the competitive portion of the pod But first, here's a word from our Wobam Entertainment Chihuahua-headed brothers from another mother at the Double Turn Podcast.
2: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross.
3: And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn
2: Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk.
3: Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history.
0: We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app.
3: And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast.
0: And we will catch
3: you on
0: the flip side. Welcome back to Hops and Box Office Flops presented by Wobam Entertainment. It is finally time for the They Blew Up Congress Trivia Challenge. Gentlemen, tonight we have the standard format, five questions, multiple choice, and tonight you'll be playing for a pair of authentic red and green skeletons from the film, Tis the Season. Tonight's chime-ins are at The Nancy Reagan Chandelier. We are your friends or any of the pod standards. Good luck, gentlemen. All right. Question number one. Screenwriter Jonathan Gems said he was fired for refusing to cut what scene from the script? Was it A, The Burning Cows, B, Martin Short's Cruising, C, Danny DeVito's Cameo, or D, jack black's death and beer in china that would be bling blake i'm gonna go with burning cows right off the bat it was the burning cows oh wow they were like PETA is gonna be all over us if you do that you gotta cut that
3: oh yeah because that looked so real they they were very realistic burning
0: cows uh also straight from the cards oh that's fun burning cattle one of the cards. Yep.
3: I guess if I was like 90 and I really loved this card series, I would love this movie.
2: You'd yeah. have to really, really like the card series, but I, mm-hmm. I didn't even know they existed.
3: Yeah. And the opening scene is also a
0: little, you know, toss up to uh, war of the worlds as well. That's one of the oh. first homages in the film. But anyway, Hey, that's one point for bling Blake. Let's get on to question number two. Speaking of gems, he was a frequent Tim Burton collaborator. He even wrote an unproduced Beetlejuice sequel. With what title was it? A. Beetlejuice Lives. B. Beetlejuice Two Dead Again. C. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Or D. Bj Two Beyond Limbo.
1: Act, 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 act.
0: That is Captain Cash.
1: It is Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian.
0: That is correct. Yeah,
1: I
2: knew that. No one. way! I thought that was a total like joke. One, I was laughing. No, no. And that was no, the little. That's a title. thing.
0: Yeah. Yep.
3: <laughs>
0: I don't well, know I, why I, I, know that, see. But I know that. Yeah, I know that. I want to see that really badly. <laughs> Somebody get the Kickstarter going. Let's get
2: let's get wow. on this.
3: Rumor is there is a sequel written. Like now that they do intend on using, that's the rumor.
2: The, yeah, there is a Beetlejuice too that's that's happening, right? Keaton's in, like that's
3: it's that's the rumor, yeah. And I guess I'm here for have it. Some, I guess I'll yeah. have free time now. So yeah.
2: even uh, uh, what's his? Uh, you know, the mom that leaves her kid home alone is coming back. Uh, Catherine O'Hara, right? Oh wow! <laughs> Again, rumors, but we'll see. Oh, no, right
0: on. All right, wait, well, hey, we got two people on the board here as we head into question number three. Mars Attacks is not Burton's lowest-rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Which film is? Is it A Planet of the Apes? B Alice in Wonderland? C Dumbo. Or D Dark Shadows. That is Captain Cash.
1: See, I I was gonna guess it was Ed Wood. And clearly Ed Wood was critically Edward uh,
3: is critically loved. It's like critically a acclaimed. Yeah, oh, people yeah. think that should have been uh, nominated for best picture.
1: I yeah, think it's gumbo.
3: Dumbo. C. That
0: is incorrect. Uh, T. Dubs. Bling Blake. Can you steal? Goddamn American hero. <laughs> T. Dubs. I th- think it's Dark Shadows. Dark <laughs> Shadows. D. That is correct. Which I saw in Oof. theaters. Ooh, that's the Johnny Depp,
2: like, uh-huh. vampire, yeah, line, right? Yeah, it's a
0: vampire.
1: Based yeah. upon a yeah. TV show. Not a thing I'd admit
0: to, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's uh 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Planet of the Apes comes in at 44. Alice in Wonderland, 51. Dumbo, 45. Or I, I can't believe bigger. uh
2: Big Fish didn't make the list.
3: Dude, Big Fish uh, is a tremendous movie. Big I fish like that so movie, loved. but people hate it. Uh, if you hate Big Fish... It's well-reviewed. This, this is like, if you don't chew Big Red, then fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: do like I candy. Uh, Oh, boy.
1: I just, one important question. Does Danny DeVito wear a top hat? He does. He does. Not that bad. You can't have a bad movie with Danny DeVito yeah, and a top uh, hat. It's, it's Dude, a fair point.
3: He's a friggin' werewolf in Big Fish. <laughs> <laughs> he <laughs> is. I like well, that
0: movie too. Yeah, it was all right. But, hey, I think that ties us it's, up. No, no, at no. One no. It's not board. all
3: right. It's a goddamn treasure. Yeah. All right. It's a dad you're, you're, movie. You're, you know I'm a sucker it. for dad movies. You're pushing,
0: it a, you're pushing it a little bit. You're pushing it a little bit. <laughs> I'm surprised Captain Cash isn't a fan. But, uh, but hey, no, I, I, again, I think that oh, – well, uh, I think bad for Big Fish. Okay. And Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay, well, hey, well, I think we're all tied up at once across the I board, to board to now. This is quite the competition, gentlemen uh so let's see who pulls ahead with question number four lucas haas's character wears a t-shirt featuring one of tim burton's favorite bands in the movie what band is it is it a alien sex fiend b the butthole surfers c oingo boingo
2: or d toad the wet sprocket Remember in china that's bling blake Burton feels like a Toad the Wet Sprocket guy to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's just fun to say. But no, D, Toad the Wet Sprocket is not correct. Captain Cash, Thunderous Wizard.
3: Can Um, you uh, still We still have got two out of three branches.
0: (laughs) Uh, And that ain't bad. That ain't bad.
3: And that That ain't bad.
1: T-dubs, what you got?
3: I feel like, you know, if Oingo Boingo is not one of his favorites, then how did this relationship with Danny start?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to go with.
3: So, see Oingo Boingo, final answer? Yeah, that's my answer. That,
0: that is me. incorrect. I'm sorry. Dude, what okay, a so one-way street to The butthole is. surfers, or what was the other one? Alien Sex Fiend.
1: Because I'm just trying to think in 90s terms. What would they mm. let somebody have on a t-shirt in your PG-13 movie? Mm-hmm. And somehow I feel like they, they could have got away with the Butthole Surfers better than Alien Sex Fiend, even if Alien Sex Fiend is on brand. Oh, Butthole Surfers.
0: B. The Butthole Surfers is incorrect. Yeah, it's yes. Alien, yes, Sex Alien Sex Fiend. Sex
1: Fiend. Yeah, Which I was? guess
0: the I guess the T-shirt was like the album art, so I'm not oh, sure okay. if the name actually appeared or whatever. Well,
3: but- I mean, he just wrote a character into it, and that was Martin Short. So- <laughs> Is the alien sex <laughs> baby?
0: That's uh, yeah, well, no, I think that counts. Okay, well, here we go, guys. We're all tied up. Ones across the board as we head into question number five for all the marbles. Speaking of music, what was the actual title of the Slim Whitman song that defeats the Martians? Is it a I remember you, b Indian love call, c tumbling tumbleweeds or d the cattle call
1: act, 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 act.
0: that would be captain cash
1: it's the indian love call which seems kind of a shitty name
0: that this seems a little suspect yeah a
1: little, little racist
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: fun fact my dad owns a copy of that record on vinyl he has the same uh, so one good vinyl. news
1: if mars ever does in fact attack
3: My dad's got us covered. Chumzilla's dad has the record. The alien sex pest t-shirt, whatever the name of that band was. (laughs) (laughs) And also Jack Nicholson's uh, Vegas Huckster wig.
0: Yeah. 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 No, uh, all all facts. That is all true. Well, congratulations, Captain Cash. You have won the (laughs) They Blew Up Congress Trivia Challenge. I will get your red and green festive Christmas skeletons in the mail. I'm sure you will enjoy them.
1: Uh, Santa's going to love those.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, very festive. Very, very festive. Santa right. also
3: loves to eat skeletons because Santa is a cannibal.
1: Or is it because Santa is the grown-up version of a tooth fairy? You start with the tooth fairy and eventually you get the bone fairy that is Santa. And yeah, it can exactly, only be sated yeah. by glasses of milk because of the calcium.
3: Remember that movie, The Bone Collector? Yeah, that was based upon Santa, but they decided to make it his nurse.
2: (laughs) I was really hoping that it's because skeletons were made of cookies. Mm,
4: Mm.
3: Oh, man, Blaine Blake would have been arrested at midnight digging up up a grave. But along with Ray Fisher and Ezra Miller? Yeah. Ezra Miller might literally be digging up a grave. Right, now. Like, <laughs> that Ezra, would be very on brand.
1: He's to the cookies. He's just doing it for the sweet, sweet taste of cry. They're
2: having a hard time right now. Give them a break, please. Yeah, well,
0: folks, that does bring us to the end of the pod and to recommendations. And as always, I will go first because I'm selfish. My recommendation this week is Cronenberg's latest movie, Crimes of the Future. It came out this summer, but uh, it is now free on Hulu. Um, And I I watched it last night. It is very Cronenberg-y, very weird for the sake of weird, which I repeat myself. Uh, But uh, it's not as great as work. I'm not going to lie. I like some of his other movies better, but it's worth checking out because it's a decent performance from Viggo Mortensen. Um, It does have some weird stuff to it uh and you know what honestly if they do a sequel which i don't think they will i don't think there's any plans for it but i would definitely watch a sequel i'd like to see where like these characters in the story goes because it's interesting and uh yeah i mean I, it was something i wanted to see and now it's free on hulu so crimes the future check it out
3: cool yeah i've wanted to see that and i would do it for free uh, my i have two two recommendations um and the first one is sort of like i'm insulting people's intelligence by recommending white lotus because it is everybody talks about white lotus and i started so, late and i'm on what season is it? two. t-dubs what well, is it i have white lotus no is clue sort of a it's about rich people going on vacation and being assholes and uh okay you're sort of uh is
0: it is it like supernatural or no 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 at all? not at all it's just it's, straight straight it's drama
3: real human drama and okay, gotcha. it's the first season is very funny the second season i actually really like I think more right now so far because of F Murray Abraham as the old flatulent horn ball. And we, you know, we're a pro Murray Abraham uh, pod, obviously. So yeah. yeah, white Lotus HBO. Great. And then mm-hmm. uh, specific to this movie, definitely watch big fish. It's one of my favorite Tim Burton movies, uh, but then uh, Martin short and Steve Martin just hosted SNL And they brought back a lot of their old stuff together. And it was really, really funny, including a riff on uh, Father of the Bride, Father of the Bride Part 8. And they definitely have fun at the expense of Martin Short playing a character with a foreign accent. Like with an accent we still think is okay. (laughs) Um, So that was it was really good. I love those guys so much. So those are my recommendations.
0: Very good. What do you got for us, Captain Cash?
1: I know I'm treading ground from uh, T. Dubs, but I, I finally got around to seeing Violent Night, and I was very entertained. I had a good time.
3: You can you can watch it at home now. You don't have to go to the theater. Oh, uh, yeah. it, it will cost you twenty bucks, but that movie's worth supporting because we need more movies that are original and fun and violent. And and it's got John Leguizamo, who's good in it.
0: Yeah. All right. Well that's a bit of a cop out, but we'll accept it. Thank you. Mr. Blake, what do you have for us? Wow,
2: well, T I'm sorry, I didn't mean to uh steal your big fish thunder there during the uh the the main portion of the podcast there. It's you have bad man.
3: no idea how much
2: I love that movie. It's a I, it's it's a it's a good I movie. I Love uh, that movie. My uh Mrs. Bling is a uh huge Ewan McGregor fan. Like she like he's he's number one on the list of like not just people that she would get the, the the hall pass for, but like she could just divorce me and it so, would be fine. So like, I can't be mad at her for it.
3: What you're saying is your wife and my stream is for you and McGregor to drop in and go, hello there <laughs>
2: <laughs> to both of you. Uh all right. No, this is getting even weirder than it initially started. Um so uh my first recommendation uh ties into the movie a little bit, which is like just go watch Independence Day. It's so much better than this. I love that movie. Uh, like <laughs> and it's you
0: get, yeah. I mean it's and you get Jeff Goldblum.
2: You get Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff you get Goldblum, Bill Pullman.
1: Like, Danny DeVito in a funny hat does not beat a Jeff Goldblum.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean Danny DeVito specifically in a top hat you got even odds, but without that top hat, Goldblum.
0: Do we do Maybe. we all agree that you know Danny Vito is like hung It's just like it's like a baby arm punching an apple? I
2: that's Try clearly box. what he's working with, right? Obviously. Have you seen Rhea Perlman? Ooh. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry, that's ridiculous. Uh my, my second one uh goes along with uh, T Dub's hat and things that only boomers should like. And uh that is the CBS sitcom Ghost. I have not been consuming a lot of new media lately, but oh. I really like Ghosts on uh, <laughs> CBS or Paramount Plus, whatever you have. Captain Cash loves that.
1: It's a I, great I show. Do, but I watched the British one.
2: The British one's fantastic. Uh, oh, I my God. It's one of those. One, I went back oh, and you pretentious that. Yeah. fuck. Total. All right. Uh, and then, of course, one that came up in the pod tonight that I have to just, like, give another shout out for. Like, man, I watched Role Models. Uh, again like a oh, week wow. ago 10 days ago Wait, wait we're talking movie's... Sean William Scott and
0: Paul yeah, Rudd
2: and Paul Rudd um that's it's so right. funny it's still so funny i love that movie uh so anyway yeah that's all i got no that, oh, that works um, that works we we need a, a christmas one right uh i mean not technically but don't stop go watch die hard yeah die it's hard it's not as, it's not as good of a christmas movie as lethal hey, weapon well, but go watch well, die hard
0: well i will say this i mean Die hard. And obviously, I think, you know, Violent Night, right, is kind of a send up to that type of Christmas movie as well. Absolutely. So oh, yeah. that, that fits. We'll, we'll accept it. Well, thanks again for joining us on this episode, loyal listener. Next episode, we'll be getting totally savage with the Thunderous Wizard while we talk about a feature linked Nintendo commercial, also known as The Wizard. I love it. It's so bad.
1: Nobody gets sixty thousand on Double Dragon.
0: <laughs> As always, you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Bo Flops. You can find me on Twitter at chumpzilla 8 Captain Cash is at C A P T C A S H on. And if I got that these. number
1: wrong, don't at me. I don't care.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Thunderous Wizard can be found on Twitter at Writer T L K. And don't forget about Bling Blake. He does the Twitters from at Bling Blake. And the raid Gunned Corpse of Mayor McCheese can be found at HBOF McCheese on Twitter. And don't forget to check out our friends over at Wobam Entertainment at WobamEntertainment.com. All right. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And don't forget to connect with us on social media. I think I covered it all there, folks. And just remember, Even in a time of intergalactic crisis, people still want to roll them bones.